you join me at a tremendously exciting moment. It's the foreword to today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast Hello. Today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast Hello has been recorded on Christmas Eve, but it's not going to go out until oh, probably another day or two. I'm going to uh, I'm going to spend the next couple of days perfecting it. What does that even mean, perfecting a podcast? For Christ's sake, you talk a load of shit into this machine and then you spend the next two days editing it. Oh, like it's the, the soundtrack to 2001 A Space Odyssey or something. It is not. It's just a thing. Just me talking shit into a microphone. Uh, literally talking shit, because I think at some point I say the walls are covered in shit. Although I think I do point out that it's not real shit. But still... Close enough. Anyway, suffice to say, you can consider this a Christmas episode if you like. Just don't let your children listen to it because uh, you'll corrupt them. You'll corrupt your children. They'll grow up becoming a tea. I don't know. They'll probably go and murder Santa Claus in cold blood or something if they listen to this. It'll be very harmful to them. So despite it being a Christmas episode, uh, don't let them listen to this. Or do. Uh, just be on your own head. It's your own responsibility. I suppose you should call it parental guidance. Parental guidance is needed. Although if you're that here that much, you should be in here now producing and directing it as I record it so they can record a proper program that's suitable for your children. Uh, no, you don't care. So-called parental guidance uh, means someone else watches it for you and then puts a code on the back of the video box and tells you whether or not it's suitable for your children. That's not parenting at all. That's not. If you're a proper parent, go and turn up at someone at the podcast studio, uh, not mine, but someone else's, and asked them, tell them I want to direct your Christmas Eve episode because I want to, my children, well, I don't necessarily want my children to listen to it, but I want to be able to determine using my own ears and put my money where my mouth is. I want to determine whether or not this episode will be suitable for my children by producing it and directing it and monitoring it. That would be a reasonable thing to do. But no, you don't just say, let me know using a code such as PG or 15s or U, uh, whether I can let my children listen to this. No, no, that's lazy. That's as lazy as be damned and you shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. If you're if you're unlazy enough to produce a child, you should be unlazy enough to produce a podcast too. Suffice this to know is that uh, this is not this podcast may not be considered suitable for your children, especially if you think, uh, oh, it's Christmas Eve, Santa, Santa, Santa. No, the Santa Claus in this episode is an absolute cunt. Uh, he's also not real in this episode. Uh, that's not to say Santa Claus isn't real. The Santa Claus that's in this episode is not real, though. He's an absolute bollocksy cunt. And he's also, well, thankfully he's not real, because you wouldn't want the real Santa to be a right bollocksy cunt. Or if the real Santa happens to turn out to be a real bollocksy cunt, then uh, I hope he's not real. If you know what I mean. See, that's the problem there. I, I can't uh, express my thoughts in the way that would be suitable for your children to listen to, even when I'm trying my best here to explain. I'm trying to explain here that if Santa Claus turns out to be a murdering criminal cunt, uh, I hope he's not real. Uh, in fact, I want him to stop being real. Uh, but that sounds bad if, if I don't say it in a, in a graceful way. And that's part of the problem. So that's why uh, you may not feel able to allow your children to listen to today's episode of Into Your Head. And if that's the case, uh, I, I, that's fine. I'm not even remotely offended. I don't mind that you don't want your children to listen to proper original, uh, proper original on-the-fly humour. That's fine. That's fine. Just let them watch some crap. Watch, let them watch the new Ghostbusters. Uh, what's the new Ghostbusters? It's got three dogs in it and they're all running around and Slimer is in it now again. They have Slimer in the new Ghostbusters from what I understand.
Slimer was killed off uh, in one of the early episodes and then he came back as a ghost and then the ghost got run over and came back as another ghost. No one ever had the forward thinking to make Slimer the ghost of a cat and then you could say, oh, he's got nine lives. So every time he comes back, they can't figure out whether it's one of his proper nine lives as a living cat or whether he's the ghost of a cat who's already had his nine lives and is now on his ninth ghost. Oh, wait, if you're a cat and you've had your nine lives and then you come back as a ghost and then someone kills the ghost do you come back as a second ghost you get the second I don't know that doesn't make any sense now that I think it through well no go and let your kids watch the new Ghostbusters or something like that or have them watch one of those YouTube videos that's just bits of cartoons stuck together that look like they were made by someone on drugs or make them yeah make your children watch something proper like that uh, or something that you see as proper and suitable for them but don't let them listen to me that, that's that's fine I'll be still here 15 years from now when your children are all grown up and you won't be able to control whether or not they listen to this and then I'll get my revenge there was a kid on this in the early days of this podcast who used to end with a kid going you've been listening to Neil tell you stories about cats probably and then he give out the email address that child is about 65 now and I still I still have that recording I think I used it on the comeback episode that child is about 65 years old now if its parents came along and said you can't be on that podcast or listening to it oh the child could just go no fuck you i'm going to listen to whatever i want that's how parenting ends just remember that's how it's how it always ends the child grows up and the child hates you and does whatever the fuck it wants that's what it does uh so don't be all cocky now with your with your parenting and your oh look me i'm going to control what my child listens to i'm not going to let her listen to that fella talking about oh talking about slitting santa claus's throat or whatever it is uh don't worry there isn't any scenes of slitting santa claus's throat in this episode uh it's nothing like that it's just a, a santa claus impersonator who's allegedly ripping off uh charity donators in a bar or something like that oh no there's no ultra violence or anything uh, it's not fucking Clockwork Orange, if that's what you're worried about. Clockwork Orange is already being made. It was made many years ago. It's one of the finest movies known to man. And you should go and watch that with your children. If you're a proper parent, go and let them watch Clockwork Orange. It's absolutely fine. Just tell them not to do any of the things that the that the cool, violently thug fella in it does. Uh, or at least all you have to do is just make sure that... If they watch it, they watch the whole movie and don't watch that they don't skip the last hour where your man gets his comeuppance. And then you've nothing to worry about. It's a perfectly fine movie. It all ends with oh, it all ends with what's his name? Oh, he gets hooked up to some machine and they the government tortures him with experimental medicine to fix his brain or something. So it's not like he gets away with all those murders and stuff. No, no. And then he goes on to starring Highlander, uh, which is only famous because it's the Queen's soundtrack. Of course, then you go and watch the fucking movie Highlander and you try to watch it because you're a Queen fan. And then you find out all the music between the Queen songs is all just crap, nothing to do with Queen. It's just some, oh, some violin or something going, me, 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 I'm background music, look at me, 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 me. We'll have another Queen song in about 15 minutes if you fast forward to there, if you can stay awake that long. That's what Highlander is. Who wants to live forever who wants to live forever that's in the movie highlander it's about um immortal people who live forever and of course 30 years later they're all going oh freddie mercury wrote this song about dying he wrote this song called who wants to live forever and it's all about dying because he knew he was dying it is not. That's a load of bollocks. He was imagining himself as a Highlander and saying, who wants to live forever? I don't. Of course, what he didn't realise was that if he wasn't immortal, he would never have got to play the part in that song saying, who wants to live forever? You don't get to, to think about or even choose whether you want to live forever if you don't live forever. You just don't get the choice. So it doesn't make any sense. makes no sense to me whatsoever. You have this fella on the Highlander and he's going, oh, I don't know whether I... I want this thing of, of living forever. I'm experiencing living forever now and I don't like it. Well, that's not how it works. If you're experiencing it 
Well, wait, no, maybe that is out. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I had some profound point there, but apparently I don't. Apparently I don't. But no, get your child watch Awkward Orange. It's absolutely fine. Just make sure they watch the whole thing. The only thing you have to worry about if, is if they just watch the first hour and then they stop watching. So after the first hour, go in and... Oh, prop their child's eyes open with pins uh, like they do in the movie and make sure he watches the second half of the movie in full so he sees the bad fella getting uh, getting his comeuppance. That's what you do. That's all you need to worry about. But no, you you won't want them to. You don't want your children to listen to my podcast because you're afraid I'll fucking do them wrong. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Items that need to be attended to, issues that need to be addressed, topics. Oh, oh, topics. We've got lots and lots of topics. We're positively booming to the seams with topics. We've got topics coming out of... Topics coming out of... I don't know, to be perfectly honest. Something usually just comes to me at this point. Uh, or else I stopped recording. I should have stopped recording and then restarted and just gone two cats walk into a bar or something. But no, for some reason I decided to uh, open the fourth wall and let you see uh, me failing to come up with something to say. This is like shooting myself in the foot. Uh, I've never shot myself in the foot, but I'm... I'm assuming there would be something like this. I hope I'd at least have the sense to take my shoe off. If I was going to shoot myself in the foot, I hope at least I was going to uh, take off my shoe uh, first. Unless I decided that I'd measure the exact amount of punishment I want to give to myself and the exact amount of punishment I wanted to give to myself happened to be uh, holding the foot and uh, the need to get my right shoe repaired. Maybe if I decided I wanted to shoot myself in the left foot, uh, but I also need to get my right shoe repaired, uh, that would be complicated. I suppose I could just swap the shoes around. But then when I put the shoes back in the right place, I'd have a hole in the shoe on my right foot and a hole in my foot under my left shoe. Surely at least I'd want to make it easier for myself and have a hole in the shoe over the foot where the bandage is going to have to be. Although, would that make it easier? If you shoot yourself in the foot and you have to put a bandage on it, does it make it easier or more difficult to have a hole in that shoe? I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I imagine you'd want to have less pressure on that foot and not have some fucking big sweaty shoe pressing down on the bandage because uh, the bandage is going to take up some space. Uh, so no, I don't know. Would you want the same? As then, you see, I suppose you could just keep the... If you shoot yourself in one to your left foot and she, while wearing your right shoe and then you put your shoes back around the other way, I suppose you don't necessarily have to swap your shoes back until you're fully healed. So you could, you could go around wearing your left shoe on your right foot and vice versa and then for a while you'd have to... Uh, but then that would be giving you extra punishment as well. So, you, so you, hopefully you've measured the exact, the exact amount of punishment that you want to give yourself is a hole in the foot plus the inconvenience of a hole in your shoe that's eventually going to have to be mended or replaced. Plus on top of that, the discomfort of wearing your left shoe and your right shoe on the wrong feet uh, until such time as you've made a full recovery. In the name of God, would you want to do all that to yourself? Or have you done something terrible that you want to punish yourself for? Maybe you shot someone else in the foot. Uh, in which case, can I suggest you just turn yourself into the police? Uh, I don't mean become a policeman. Well, I don't maybe you could. If you're going around shooting people in the foot and at some point you manage to turn your life around to the point where you qualify to apply to become a member of the police, then fair play to you. That's a remarkable turnaround and you deserve nothing but praise. But until then, no. If you've shot someone in the foot, go and turn yourself into the police. 
and they can decide whether you're to be punished or brought to justice or whatever. And if they decide that you don't need to be punished and that they'd rather just, they'd rather you just apply to become a police officer, then I'm going to have the questions about that too. I'll have questions such as, oh, tell me more so I can turn it into a segment on my podcast. And what happened with your shoe for a start? And were you allowed to wear that shoe? Oh, wait, no, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have the hole in your shoe. Oh, wait, how did we say if you applied to go into the police officer, that's where if you haven't shot yourself in the foot, I don't know. Oh, yes, that's when you've shot someone else in the foot. And instead of, instead of punishing yourself, or maybe as well as punishing yourself, uh, some time has passed and you've made a big turnaround and you've become a perfect, better person and then you apply to become a police officer. Presumably at that point you'll have replaced your shoes. Won't really matter though, because you'll have to wear your work uniforms. You won't be wearing those shoes at work anyway. You'll just be wearing them on the way to work. If you're going to work by car, I hope you've sorted your shoes out properly because you can't be wearing wonky shoes while you're operating the pedals on the motor car that'll be dangerous it'll affect your do i seem to have put my left my right foot up on the bed here to have a look in it as if i'm going to shoot myself in it i'm not going to shoot myself in the foot don't worry never going to don't even have the equipment to do that well what equipment would you need you need some sort of a i think i need something to clamp my foot to for a start to stop myself pulling my foot away just before i shoot it uh, i'd also need a shooting implement which i don't have i have no intention of ever having this is one of those countries where you don't go around buying shooting implements just so you can shoot yourself in the foot no no you just imagine you have one for the purpose of a, a segment on your christmas eve podcast uh, which probably isn't even going to go out on christmas eve i'm recording this on christmas eve so i can prepare at my leisure over christmas i put it out whenever i feel like it Whenever I feel like it, it's absolutely fucking fantastic. Being your own boss and being able to just come on here and say, oh, I'm going to fantasize about shooting myself with their foot, but not do it. Uh, I'm going to, oh, then I'm going to record myself talking about it after having had too much coffee. And then I'm going to just say some shit about, oh, we know. Anyway, then you put your foot back. You put your feet back in the right shoes. They're they're not going to be the right shoes anymore because one of them... One of them is going to have a hole in it and the other one is going to be distorted because you've been wearing it not only on the wrong foot but on a foot that has a bandage in it that's been misshaping it for weeks and weeks. And I would imagine that after you shoot yourself in the foot, no matter what contingency plans you made, they're going to have to include buying a new pair of shoes after that or else having a spare. Maybe some people have spare shoes, I understand. If they have spare shoes, so when one of them runs out or when they just feel like wearing a different pair of shoes they just take off those shoes and put on another pair if you went around putting on a different head every day just for a change absolutely fucking ridiculous why would you do that no no i know people who one day they'll go out in one pair of shoes and the next day they'll be in a different pair of shoes and they'll claim that it's a different shoes for a different occasion for example the previous occasion was going out on a tuesday and this occasion was going out on a saturday night you know that's not a different occasion. You're going outside the house. It's the same thing. Going outside the house is the same occasion no matter when you do it. Just because the, the earth has moved a few degrees and rotated and the sun has gone over there a bit further. That doesn't make it a different occasion. Still the same. Unless you're dead and you've come back and reincarnated in a new life and then you're going out the door of a different house, then I suppose that counts as a different, separate occasion. But no, no. It's the same occasion. So don't give me that crap. Absolute pure unmitigated drivel. That's what that is. Anyway, I uh, know. I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot. I have no desire to do so either. If you have a desire to shoot yourself in the foot, I hope you'll go and tell somebody who'll take the appropriate action, such as, for example, where, well, wherever the appropriate action is. I don't even know. Uh, thankfully, I've never had to deal with someone shooting themselves in the foot. If I did, I don't. I just call in the experts. I'd get out my yellow pages. I'd probably look up a chiropodist or something. I don't know. Is a chiropodist the one who cuts your nails? Or is that the one who fixes a hole that you've shot in your foot? I'm not sure. I would imagine they'd both be the same. 
from the same area. He wouldn't send you to different buildings for each different type of fruit malady. That would be ridiculous. I presume they have, they group these practices together. So you can go to some building outside town somewhere where all the different types of foot experts reside. You might even have hand experts in the same place. Because uh, we have things like that with hospitals. You have eye, ear and nose hospitals and you go in, uh, oh, there isn't one fellow who looks up your nose and into your eyes and out through your ears. They have different people for that, but they're organised into one building. Because uh, it seems to me it made sense at the time. Uh, anyway, on with the show. Two face cloth enthusiasts walk into a bar. One of the face cloth enthusiasts goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar goes, Isn't that absolutely amazing? We get people in here from all walks of life, some of them talking cats, some of them giraffes, some of them talking dogs, some of them talking giraffes, some of them uh, humble face cloth enthusiasts. For heavy, one of them without exception uh, loves nothing more than the, one of my finest pints of Guinness. Absolutely fantastic. It brings everyone together as a community. You can be safe in knowing that if you go into a bar and you order a pint of Guinness, you're in the company of hundreds of other characters of different species, different universes, different walks of life. Could be anyone. Could be anyone in here. Uh, someone impersonating Santa Claus for the purpose of committing theft. Someone who's in the middle of climbing a mountain but they start, they consider the part of the mountain that's under the sea to be part of the mountain so they start at the bottom at the floor of the sea and start walking up until they get to the beach and then they walk into a bar and say oh I'm surprised to find a bar halfway up the mountain but I'll have a pint and a piss here and then I'll continue up climbing the portion of the mountain that's above sea level oh you get all sorts in here uh, some of whom you'll hear in the upcoming episode of Into Your Head and some of whom you won't hear because they're in outtakes that will not appear in this episode of Into Your Head because we have quality control here. Well, we don't really. But we have segments that fail. We have segments that fail. You'll start saying something like, for example, that thing about the fella climbing up the mountain that started at the underground portion of the, the underwater portion of the mountain. So he started at the bottom of the sea because he considers the mountain to start at the bottom of the sea. And he climbs up the underground part of the sea in, in a diving costume. And then he goes into the bar and says, oh, I was a bit surprised to find the mount bar halfway up the mountain. And then he continues off up the mountain, the part of the above ground level and above sea level. You'd be surprised to hear that segment failed. It didn't go anywhere. Uh, that, I know, that's quite surprising to me as well. But no, that was one of the segments that was, was going to be part of the day's show, but it failed. I think it went seven or eight minutes too. But no, it, somehow it just didn't get there. It just wasn't doing it for me or for anyone else. And if it wasn't doing it for me or for anyone else, it's sure as hell. It's sure as hell to damn Christ. It's sure as hell, damn Christ hell on a popsicle stick on Christmas Eve. Not going to do it for anyone else. So we're going to leave it out. I think it's already, we've already, it's already deleted. So it's definitely being left out. He just went, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, usually what happens is he'll get towards the end of the segment where it's about to fail. And then he'll go, ah, bollocks, 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 bollocks. And then he'll hit delete. And then he'll start, he'll reset and start again. Isn't it fascinating? But I know you get people from all walks of life in here, including the the deleted uh, mountain climber. So no, I suppose you don't get him in here. Uh, well, he, he does, he does, in the... Oh, now that's interesting now that you mention it because we're in this fictional bar here and I'm saying we get people from all walks of life. Uh, but if that fella came in here but he didn't make the cut and he got deleted, then he didn't come into this fictional bar. Oh, did he? An interesting philosophical question, all right. We have a deleted scene about a fella coming into this bar. The bar is fictional. We know that. It's still fictional even though this is a real story about it. It's still a fictional bar 
Bush, is there a difference between the fella in the... Is the fella in the deleted scene any less real or more real than the fella in this scene? Here's a question for you. If that uh, mountain climber had made the cut, if his segment was left in, would that make him more real or less real? I don't know, because they're all fictional characters anyway. Well, except the Santa Claus. There's one. There's a segment later where there's a Santa Claus impersonator who's a, who's a master criminal. He's real. There's another Santa Claus impersonator who's there as a decoy. He's real. No, apart from that, they're all fictional. All completely made up. Absolutely ridiculous and fascinating. Anyway, on with the show. Into your head. Once upon a time, there was a dog. A dog. A dog. A dog. Uh, basically a dog, uh, just a dog, a bog standard dog, a bog, well, well, I say bog standard, but out of necessity for the, this narrative, it has to be a talking dog, so I suppose you can't just say that's a bog standard dog, but no, a bog standard talking dog, imagine a world in which all dogs can talk, so this is pretty much a standard dog, there's nothing special about it, it only seems special compared to your universe, in the universe in which this dog resides and is able to speak. It's just a perfectly normal run-of-the-mill bog standard, doesn't stand out in any way, dog. Just sitting there minding its own business. Sitting there wondering what it would be like to live in a universe where dogs can't talk. And then it's thinking, oh wait a minute, I'm not talking at the moment. So uh, this is probably almost exactly what it's like to be a dog who can't talk, except I can talk. I'm almost the same as a dog who can't talk. The only difference is that instead of not being able to talk, I'm choosing not to talk. And I'm also having this internal narrative inside my mind about uh, what it would be like to not be able to talk. That's as close as I can get to recreating not being able to talk as I can get. I think it's pretty close, to be fair. Especially considering I'm just a dog, albeit a talking one. This is the best I can do. Not going to get any more closer to it than this. That's as close as you can get. It's like if it's like if I was an actor and I was asked, oh, I was in some soap opera and I was playing a cat and they gave me, oh, they gave me proper cat makeup and they gave me the pointy ears and they got grafted stuff on like they do to the aliens in Star Trek. They graft stuff onto my face. They change my tail a bit and make me look exactly like a cat uh, so I can play a cat in a soap opera. And the only slightly off thing about her was that I'll be three times the size of the average cat and that's something you can't fix but that's called being close enough it's as close as you're going to get and the viewer will just have to use their imagination although i suppose they could just have me standing far enough away from the camera i like they did when they had covid they started making all these programs where uh, oh there was actors in it but they didn't stand too close together they used camera tricks to make it look like they were uh, or else they did stuff like what's that hbo show in treatment uh, they had in treatment where Gabriel Burns well Gabriel Byrne leaves her after the end of season three and it goes to shit but then when they started season four the one who replaced him and plays a psychologist is seen dealing with her patient over Skype so they have her in her office looking at the camera on the freaking computer and her patient who's the only other person in that episode at the other end of a Skype line and they said oh that's as near as we're going to get. That's as near as you're going to get with me, a dog, uh, in this universe where it's normal for dogs to be able to talk, playing a cat in a soap opera. I'm exactly the same as a cat. I'm totally believable. I'm just a very big cat. But even that, we can adjust. We can adjust the camera angle and make it look like I'm a normal-sized cat. Or else, I suppose, we get smaller human actors for me to interact with. Oh, I suppose that would be fine. Of course, the actors can't be made to look small. We can get smaller people. There are small people who go around being actors. Of course, they don't want to be typecast. So I suppose there's that. I don't know what to do about it. don't really know what to do about it, to be honest. But I'm doing my part by at least being open to playing a cat in a soap opera. Now, I could, I suppose I could play a, a cat in a sci-fi movie that's set in an alternative universe where dogs and cats aren't able to speak but I'd be playing I'd be playing a dog or a cat who is able to speak and is therefore not her run-of-the-mill bog standard cat or dog 
and I could be doing that as well. So that's another, that's another option. Assuming I find some way to get into a parallel universe. Oh no, would I have to go into another parallel universe? So it would just be just a parallel universe that's been created for the work of fiction that I'll be starring in. I suppose it could be both. I could be both if I could travel to some parallel universe but star in some sci-fi movie that's made about a fictional universe that happens to be very like the one that I'm in where dogs can talk. I suppose that's another uh, possibility or another impossibility because of course all this crap is impossible. Oh, completely impossible. Uh, but that's what the imagination is for. What is a dog's imagination for if not for imagining the impossible? That's what it's for. And don't ever discourage your children or puppies or kittens from imagining the impossible. Because otherwise you're, you're holding them back. You might as well be putting the lead on them and going, oh, hold on now. Uh, at least make it one of those long elasticated leads that people get to pretend that they have their dog under control but they don't really. They have a five mile leash on it and they'll say it's okay officer, uh, I have her on a leash, it's perfectly under control, it's on a leash. I know my dog is driving a car but it's on a leash, it's a five mile leash, it's not going to give you get any further than the other side of town. And even then it's going to be wrapped around several telephone poles by then. Are there, are there telephone poles? Maybe not, but you know what I mean. There's other types of poles. There's signpost poles. Although those are less tall, aren't they? So there's a good chance you'll be able to go out of one of them just by... If the dog goes all the way over town and gets its leash wrapped around a few of those little signpost poles, all it needs to do is travel up a mountain at the other side of the town and then they'll be able to pull the leash up a bit. So it slides up, up the top of the signpost and off at the top. Oh, do wait, won't the sign stop it? I suppose there's that. I don't know, I suppose it depends on what angle it pulls it at. Ah, I don't know. There's such a thing as overthinking these things. That's what I find. Uh, anyway, on with my dog sleep. into a bar. One of the cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar says, Certainly, sir, just give me a second. It takes a couple of minutes to prepare a pint of Guinness, as I'm sure you, as a as a connoisseur of fine stouts, are well aware. Uh, so just give me a moment and I'll get it ready for you. First, you have to pull the trigger here. And then I fill up, oh, I fill up the glass, the pint glass to a, a random amount. And then I leave it to sit for 10 minutes, just like they do on that, that television commercial for Guinness in the 1990s. I don't know if you realise, because you're a cat and cats can't see moving images on screens. Uh, but there was a popular uh, television commercial in the 1990s that shows some fella dancing around watching his pint being pulled. And it was taking ages and ages and ages. And this was this was a, a commercial to try and get people to buy this stuff, and it shows your man, and it shows him. Yeah, you have to sit around waiting ages for it to be ready. So ever since then, everyone is expecting me to put on this little act every time I pull a pint of Guinness. So I fill it halfway up, and then I let it sit, and then I pretend it has to wait a while to settle before I finish off with the head, and then I draw a little Christmas tree on in the foam on the top. Unless I make a judgment that the customer might not appreciate a Christmas tree. 
Worst case, I don't do that. And the cat says, well, let me save you a little time here. I would very much appreciate a Christmas tree on my stout on top of the drawing on the head. But just two things. Please wash your hands before you do it if you're going to draw with your finger. The other thing was, oh, yes, no artificial Christmas tree, please. Please make sure it's a real one. And the man behind the bar says, I don't think you quite understand, uh, young cat, what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about drawing a Christmas tree in the top of the foam, the white head on your Guinness. Uh, there's no real or fake Christmas trees involved. It's an imaginary Christmas tree drawn by basically moving a... Well, I don't use my finger, by the way, because I've got better manners than that. But no, I draw it with a little, I get a little knife or a, the tip of a spoon, uh, usually the handle of a spoon. Don't worry, it's not one that I've handled. I pick it up from the drawer. I pick out a clean teaspoon from the drawer. I pick it up by the spoon end and then I use the handle end to draw the little Christmas tree and I draw that in the thing. And you're probably going to say now, uh, am I going to use, oh, some sort of toxic ink on it to draw this? Well, no, I'm not. All I'm doing is making a long trench in the shape of a Christmas tree. And the cat says, so you mean you're going to remove some of the foam just to, just so that the empty space that you remove will be the shape of a Christmas tree. That sounds like a rip-off, uh, as far as I'm concerned. You're basically drawing away some of the stuff and replacing it with emptiness uh, in the shape of a tree. So it looks like a shape drawn on a tree. In the name of Christ, good will that do me? And the man behind the bar says... It's not supposed to do you any good. It's just a nice thing you do at Christmas. And the man, the kid cat, says, you do, it doesn't do me any good, but it's a nice thing to do. What in the name of Christ is that supposed to mean? I'd far rather you just come and petted me on the man than do all that shit for me. I'm perfectly happy with a normal pint of Guinness, uh, as long as it's in a bowl. Now, not one of those uh, marijuana bowls that people get, where they get some sort of a bowl and some sort of a wind instrument that they blow into and then they inhale or something as is my understanding it's a thing that looks like a burette or a pipette that you used to use in the chemistry lab in school basically for inhaling marijuana through some sort of a steam thing it's like a it's like some sort of steam contraption I assume I think they have some sort of a bowl then that they no I don't really know to be perfectly honest I'm making all this up as I go along it's my Guinness nearly ready there and the man behind the bar says oh you still want it do you and the cat says, have you started making it even? And the man behind the bar says, no, it's already made. It comes fully made in a barrel. Eh. And the cat says, now that was your last, uh, that was your last lug of coffee there. Are you sure you're going to be caffeinated enough to do a podcast? And the man behind the bar says, what in the name of Christ, what in the name of Christ are you talking about? What in the name of Jesus, holy Christ on a popsicle stick are you referring to? I don't drink coffee, I'm a teetotaler. I drink nothing but tea, total tea all the time. Except when I'm, well, except at night when I'm off to eat. And I drink eight pints of Guinness and four bottles of vodka. And then I have three whiskeys. And then that's the end of the night. I'm not into the next morning then so I start all over again then I have another eight pints of Guinness and I have four barrels of whiskey and then sometimes I have a oh I'll have a, a little glass little dainty glass of of uh Baileys but I'll add it to a coffee so it's called an Irish coffee I put loads of cream on the top I draw a little Christmas tree on top and then I cram that down my greedy gullet like there's no tomorrow. And then I collapse in the heap into bed. And then I go to bed, I go asleep, and I hope to damn Christ to hell is Christ on a popsicle stick. The Christmas is over by the time I wake up. Because I want to get back to running my bar so I can stop being a fucking alcoholic. Because the only time I'm able to... The only time I'm able to be a re successfully recovering alcoholic is when I'm at work here in my bar. I know that might sound counter intuitive to you, especially since you're a cat and don't know very little about these things. But no, that's the only time. That's that's the only time I'm able to stay dry is when I come to work and do my duty as a licensed barman. Because I take that duty very seriously. I'm licensed to keep order here in this bar that's full of drunk cards and losers and stray cats. No offence, sir, and everyone else. So no, I take my responsibility very here very seriously. I might not be an upstanding citizen the rest of the time, but when I'm at work, I am. And what more can you ask of any other member?
member of society. What more can you ask? They do their job and then they do whatever they want when they get out. Once they do their job, uh, they can go home at the end of their shift and go around being an axe murderer or breaking windows or something. And that doesn't matter because they do their job. That's what that's what a work ethic is, young cat. And you do well to remember that when you grow up. Uh, oh, that reminds me, you're not growing up, so I can't give you a point of Guinness. How old are you anyway? And the cat says, oh Christ, not this again. We had this last week, we had a barman made me get up on the bar and he did an, an examination of the inside of the, my mouth to try and figure out whether I was underage. Uh, we're not doing that again, we're not doing that again. And the barman says, fair enough, I'll ring the bouncer and ask him uh, how that worked out. They'll just give me a moment, sir. Just have to make a phone call. I'll check with the fellow who did the inspection last time. And as long as he confirms that uh, last time you were in here was a week ago, is that right? And the cat says, yes, that's right. Okay, so if he's, I'll check with the bouncer who inspected your mouth last week. And as long as he says that the age he worked out for you was uh, 17 years and 51 weeks or older, then he'll be perfectly fine to be served a point here. Although if you're, if he, the age he came up with last week was between 17 years and 59 weeks and 18 years, then you're going to have to explain why you tricked him last week and let him illegally serve you a point. Because that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. We don't just sweep these things away under the carpet. We do not. We do not. And the cat says, that's fine. That's fine. Now go off and do your little phone call. The bar man says, certainly I will. I'll go off and make my little phone call. Do you know where my telephone might be? And the cat says, do you mean the pay telephone or the one that's in your pocket? And the man behind the bar says, oh, the one that's in my pocket is a pay telephone. I pay for that. I get a bill every, uh, oh, I think it's the fourth Friday of every month. I get a bill. And it says, hello, you've been using your phone for another month. This is what you have to stump up now. You have to write a check now for this. Unless you have a direct debit set up, I suppose. I will just take it out of your bank account and say no more. But no, if that's not the case, you better get out your checkbook and write a check. Because uh, here is a... Oh, here's a breakdown of everything you've done with your telephone. Well, not everything, just the stuff that you've done in terms of using it. If you've been using it to scratch your arse, that won't be on the bill. We're not that sophisticated. We're not able to detect that. And even if you are, it's not. we haven't figured out a way we can charge you for that. So that's not billable at the moment. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, but no, anything you've done with your phone for the last four weeks, it's going to be on this bill. Uh, so get out your checkbook and... And don't tell you, don't write it with your finger in some foam. Write it properly with a biro pen. Get out your biro pen uh, or a marker. If you're if you're vision impaired, you can use a marker. But make damn sure to Christ as hell that it's not so thick that it bleeds through onto the next check. Because that's going to be a problem for uh, whoever you're writing the next check to. And if you're writing checks to us every month, then there's a good chance that the next person who you're writing a check to will be us. So that'll affect us. So no, please don't do that and the man behind the bar says that's interesting whose turn was it to speak and the cat says i didn't realize we were taking turns so we're not just having a normal conversation and the man behind the bar says is that not how a normal conversation goes you take turns speaking and the cat says, well, I suppose when there's two people having a dialogue, that's true. But if there's more than two people, then you don't have to go around person one, then person two, then person three, then person one, then person two, then person three in a normal conversation. No, no, one of them might have less to say than the others. It's not like one of those television political panel shows where you have to give everyone the turn to answer every question. One fella from that party and one fella from the other one and another fella who's the anti politics representative needs to get his answer in no no it's a fucking pub it's a fucking pub you speak when you want to and you don't speak when you don't want to that's how that works and the man behind the bar says well thanks for explaining that to me now where where's my oh yes that's right i was going to make a telephone call why does my telephone look like a ukulele that's what i'm wondering i don't know i'll hold up to my ear now and i'll dial the number uh, what's my bouncer's number and the cat says i say it's four he looks like a four to me try four and the barman says fair enough what string which is four is it this loose string here 
Oh, that looks like it might need tightening. Hold on, we'll tighten that string now a minute. Don't want your brand new banjo or whatever it's called, ukulele falling apart before you've even learned how to play it. Not that you're ever going to learn how to play it because you're a cat. But no, I was more talking about me. I'm going to use it on my podcast whenever there's uh, an opportunity presents itself. Uh, so there we go. That's already that. So number four, you say, for my bouncer. Okay, number four. Do I just keep plucking it until the answers, or do I... I don't see a dialing system on this. No, I don't think that's going to work, young cat, because I'm pretty sure that ukulele isn't connected to my phone account, so it's not going to turn up on the bill. So at least there's that. We may have wasted some time, but we haven't wasted any money. So that's a good thing. And the cat says, you're a fucking moron. Do you know that? You're a fucking moron. And the barman says, I'm well aware of that, sir. I'm well aware of that. Uh, my my brain is... Oh, I basically am killing off my brain cells one by one in between shifts. Uh, so no, it's perfectly understandable that you would think I'm of lower intellect than you would prefer to have in a in a service man. But uh, have a look at my work record and I think you'll find it's been exemplary. Uh, oh, not this. Then the cat says, well, hold on now a minute. Does when they come and look at your work record and they assess you to have your bar licence renewed every year, did they look at how many times you've tried to use a ukulele as a telephone? Because if they're not looking Looking at that and having a way of adding that into the scoring system, then you can't claim that it's it's being counted as okay. It's just that it's just a bad system. And the barman says, oh, I suppose you have a pint there. A pint of my finest Guinness. Oh, 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 that's a little joke for you. Oh, I better get started on your pint of my finest Guinness. Hang on a minute. Uh, where's my glass? Oh, I don't have a glass here. I'll use this empty coffee mug. This empty metallic coffee mug. I'll pour it into that. It says it holds 500 mils, but I find that hard to believe. It does, really doesn't look like it. Does it just look like it holds 500 mils to you, cat? And the cat says, I don't know, just use a fucking glass. Use an imaginary glass. You're in an imaginary bar, so you can use an imaginary glass. And your barman says, oh, that's right. I always forget about that. I don't have to have the real thing here. So everything doesn't have to be a prop comedy. I can use a real glass. A real, well, a real glass that's imaginary, but it's real to me as an imaginary barman, if you know what I mean. It's theatre of the mind. And so I just pull the trigger here and I'll fill it halfway up with Guinness. And the cat says, get a fucking move on, please, if you don't mind. The barman says, certainly, sir. It's half full now, so I'm going to leave it to sit for three hours. And then we'll come back and top it up. Are you sure I can't interest you in a picture of a Christmas tree drawn on the foam? And the cat says, I thought I said, I already said oh, that's exactly what I wanted. And the man behind the bar says, oh, you thought you said that, did you? But you're not interested enough to actually know whether or not you said it. Because I asked you, can I interest you in that? I didn't say, do you want that? I already know you want that. I just want to know how interested you are in it. Because there's more to there's more to bar mannery than just giving you what you ask for. I want to make sure you enjoy it and that it's interesting to you. And the cat says, would you ever fuck off? Fuck off and go and take a running jump at yourself. Take a short walk off a small cliff. It's not too high up, so you won't hurt yourself. Take a short walk off the cliff. It's basically not even a cliff. It's so small, it's just a little step. Take a short walk off a step and then don't even fall. Just slightly, oh, just slightly move your move your leg in a funny way that kind of slightly sprains it a bit. Or else take a long walk off a short pier. Whichever you want. You might as well since you're... You're spending your whole life pouring vodka down your greedy gullet like there's no tomorrow. This doesn't seem like a very Christmassy topic to me. Does it seem like a Christmassy topic to you, barman? And the barman says, no, it doesn't. That's weird. I thought we'd be doing some kind of a Christmas episode today because it's Christmas Eve. Why wouldn't we be doing a Christmas episode? And the cat says, well, for one thing, the pubs all close on a Christmas Eve, don't they? They certainly close on Christmas Day, I can tell you that. Uh, 
I can tell you that they close on Christmas Eve too, but I'm not confident I'll be correct about that. Uh, I know that public transport shuts down around 4pm, because God forbid anyone should want to get a fucking bus or a fucking train or a fucking tram anywhere after 4pm on the night when Santa Claus is coming. Jesus Christ, the Holy Christ, Mother of Christ, and a popsicle stick. And the barman says, I know as you've been saying that a lot lately, Jesus Christ on a popsicle stick. Uh, what does it mean to you? And the cat says, I don't know. It's just something I picked up. It sounds good. It does not sound good to you. It sounds good to me. It sounds like, oh, it sounds like an exasperated thing that you say. And the barman says, I just worry that you'll wear it out. You'll wear it out. And the cat says, if I wear it out, I'll get a new one. It's just like when I get a cardboard box and I scrape it to bits and love every minute of it and then I wear it out. I get another cardboard box after that. It's perfectly fine. It's not a problem. And the barman says, oh, I have a load of cardboard boxes in there. You're welcome to... And the cat says, oh, we mean to live in. You're kicking me out onto the street, are you? You're making me homeless. I just thought you might want, you might want to play with some of my cardboard boxes. You're welcome to them. And the cat says, oh, that's very nice of you. Thank you very much. Uh, please put them in a plastic bag and strap them to my back so I can bring them home. As unfortunately, I don't have a butler. Uh... I don't know, maybe I, should, maybe I should get a trailer or something. You ever see sometimes on the television, you see these little dogs and they've had some kind of operation and they've lost their hind legs or something, but they have wheels instead of hind legs and they're pulling themselves around on these wheels. If you had something like that, but you also had a, a trailer attachment, so a dog or a cat could go around with a trailer pulled after it, uh, then instead of finding homes for homeless cats and dogs, you just give them all a trailer, and any time someone who sees one of these homeless cats in the street sees one, they put a bit of food or something into its trailer, or put a cardboard box into it for them to play in later. Wouldn't that be great? And the barman says, oh yes, that's a good idea. How do you imagine that would be implemented? And the cat says, I don't imagine it would be implemented. It would be fucking ridiculous. How in the name of God would that happen? And the man behind the bar says, oh, I see we've been going for... We've been going for 20 minutes. What in the name of Christ have we been doing here? And the cat says, really, 20 minutes? It certainly doesn't feel like that long. Does it feel like that long to you? And the man behind the bar says, I specifically just pointed out that it doesn't feel like that long to me. And the cat says, oh, I'm the same, I'm the same. Well, except I'm not a barman who's breaking his brain with alcohol the minute he goes home. But no, apart from that, it's the same. Same with me. And the great night is had by all. Once upon a time, there was a, a further dog. A further dog. A further dog. A further dog. Oh, now that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, when I add a further in front of each dog, I find it more difficult to form my mouth into that very satisfying thing that I happen to enjoy when I'm going a dog. Uh, it also sounds less satisfying in my studio headphones here. The only reason I do the a dog thing is because I enjoy listening to myself in my headphones. I know it sounds like shit to you because it's all been mixed down into an MP3 and you're probably listening to it on an empty spinach can or something. But no, during the recording process, any time I say, once upon a time there was a dog, a dog. A dog. It sounds great to be on the headphones and I really enjoy it. And that's why despite having promised just after the comeback not to keep doing that, start doing it again. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to. It's my thing now. It's part of my thing. It's as much a part of my thing as the humble two cats walk into a bar story. And it's as much a part of my thing as that you join me at a tremendously exciting moment. It's as much as a part of my thing as now I know what you were thinking there you're thinking etc it's a part of the show now so get over it if you don't like it you can just 
get some enjoyment out of not liking it because that's what people do. When you watch a when you watch a true crime show, you watch a thing about some grisly murders. Uh, you enjoy that, don't you? So it doesn't have to be good or nice for you to enjoy it. So you can enjoy being enraged at me doing the dog thing and get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Uh, just think of this as a, a true crime or horror show or something, as a documentary about something bad. But you don't listen to it for fun, but you listen to it for enjoyment because you enjoy bad things. I don't see why I certainly don't see why not. Can't see why not. Where was the problem for you? Get, get in touch and go see what I can do in terms of mocking you or telling you to, oh no, I won't do anything. I won't do anything. I barely do anything as a his. I just go, once upon a time there was a dog. A dog. I'll try to do a Christmas version of it all today, just for a change. Once upon a time there was a dog uh, at Christmas and the dog at Christmas Oh, was sitting minding its own business on Christmas Eve, sitting on a big armchair in front of the television, one of its oh, one of its paws dangling over the front of the armchair, and three of its other paws arranged in various places underneath itself. I don't really know how to describe what way a dog arranges itself. I haven't had a dog in about fifteen years, and I've only ever owned one dog. And it wasn't a normal dog. It was a very abnormal dog. So I don't really know much about your, your standard dog. What does your standard dog do when it's sitting on an armchair? Does it arrange its feet in a geometric pattern or something? Or does it... Uh, is it just a mess? I don't know. I don't know. Does a normal dog lie in its back? I've no way of knowing unless I ever get a dog again. I suppose I might get a guide dog in about 20 years from now if I decide I still want to leave the house. Or I might decide, no, I don't want a dog. A dog is too much of a responsibility. It's also a responsibility for the dog in my case because the dog will have to Oh, the dog will have to learn stuff. A dog will have to say, look, it's not safe to cross the road there. Stop immediately and wait until, oh, wait until someone else with a dog comes along and helps you. I don't want to have to have interactions with a dog uh, who's just going to, not even going to help me. It's just going to go around asking someone else. I won't even talk directly to the other pedestrians. It'll just find someone, some other dog who's being led by a pedestrian and they'll say, well, you ask your owner to help this fella cross the road because I'm not allowed to lead him across if I can hear an engine sitting there unless it's at a traffic light and the other dog will say why don't you just bring him up to the proper uh, crossing and then you can lead him across and my dog will say excuse me I've had training in these matters don't tell me how to do my job you're just a pet dog being brought out for a walk uh, I'm a pet dog but I'm at work at the moment and I'm taking my owner out for a walk and I'm trying to commission you to help him and the other dog will say what's that got to do with me I'm just another dog I'm just a bog standard dog dog although now that you mention it can the bog standard dog say things like I'm just a bog standard dog I doubt it a bog standard dog would just say I'm a dog it wouldn't say I'm a bog standard dog Unless, of course, it's in another parallel universe. I suppose that's a possibility. But we're not. We're not in a parallel universe. And my dog, of course, who's more intelligent, will say, uh, I think you'll find we are. We're in a story on a podcast being told by my my owner, who's not even my owner yet. He's just a prospective future owner of mine. I haven't even been born yet. In fact, he's probably never even going to become my owner. This is all his imagination happening. I think he has a bit of a a bit of an inaccurate, unrealistic imagination as regards what it's like to be a guide dog owner. Because uh, we can't really talk. We can't talk at all. We're barely able to string a sentence together. But no, he thinks I'm going to go up to some other dog. He's just a pet dog and try to ask him to get his owner to help me. No, I don't think that's how it works at all. I don't know because I haven't been trained yet or even born. But I don't think that's how guide dogs work. Do you, other dog? 
And the other dog will say, well, I don't exist either. I don't know. All I know is this is a, this is a comical situation, possibly. Well, to some people will find this comical and maybe he's hoping that that's all it will be. He's trying to create a comical situation on a Christmas Eve podcast. Does it occur to you that that's just what he's trying to do? Can you not just let him do that? Not being overthinking it. You really are a fucking trained dog, aren't you? You can't fucking let him relax and create a comical moment on a podcast. You have to worry about uh, whether he's got a realistic idea of what you're going to be like in his future. You're an idiot guide dog. That's what you are. And the guide dog will say, well, thank you very much for being for this open and frank evaluation. As a trained working dog, I will now not bite your head off. I'll just ignore you. Just sit here very calmly and sit here and sit down and wait till someone comes along and helps him across the road. And you'll just, are you laughing at me? And the other dog will go, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm a dog. Dogs can't laugh. And the other dog will say, oh, well, he made a, made a very good impression of a laughing dog, I can tell you. Well, except for the noises. You're opening your mouth and going, <laughs> like that dog on the podcast last week when he was talking about panting. That dog was going, <laughs> too. And I'm starting to think that's as close as a dog gets to laughing. And maybe when they're doing that, they in fact are laughing. And it's just that the thing they do to laugh is also a thing to do for other things as well. It's like you can cry with sadness and cry with laughter at the same time for humans. And for us, you can pant uh, like this. <laughs> and it can mean you're very hot or it can mean you're laughing at me. So you're laughing at me. You're laughing at me, dog. And I have a problem with that, but I'm not going to do anything about it because my training tells me I shouldn't. And the other dog says, that's fine. I'm going to go now because I'm being dragged by my owner. Bye. And the guide dog will say, I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to be provoked by this fellow. I'm just going to sit here calmly and nicely. That's what I'm going to do. Two Santa Claus impersonators walk into a bar. <laughs> Lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, oh, a lovely day, lovely day, lovely day, a lovely day. Where's my fucking harmonica when I need it? No, it's not there. It's not there. Anyway, that's that's the end of that story. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Although maybe. Am I giving up too early? Maybe I should have a go with this. Two uh, Santa Claus impersonators walk into a bar. One of the Santa Claus impersonators goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, give me all of your presents. I want to put them in my sack here so I can bring them out and distribute them to children around the country, around the world, in fact. Uh, here's my sack here. Put them in here. Have you got them ready? Make sure they're nicely wrapped. And the barman says, is this some kind of a hold-up? And the Santa Claus impersonator will say, do I look like someone who's doing a hold-up? No, I look like Santa Claus. So, I'm Santa Claus. Give me your fucking presents and put them in the fucking bag so I can bring them with me. And the man behind the bar will say, if you're Santa Claus, where is your sleigh? And the Santa Claus impersonator will say, it's outside. You don't bring a fucking sleigh into a bar. You don't even let those e-scooters into a bar. Why would you let a sleigh? Unless, unless I've missed something and you do allow sleighs in here. I just assume that you don't. I assume that it's not the done thing to bring your sleigh into a drinking establishment that's full of half-drunk people wandering around trying to find the toilets. Uh, did you want me to bring my sleigh in here? Because I will if you want. I'll go out and get my sleigh and I'll bring in here do you have a wide entrance because i don't think it'll fit through that front door you want me to go around the servants entrance you want all your customers to see you sending santa claus around and his reindeer around to the servants entrance is that what you want do you want me to get in through the cellar in the hole in the footpath and come in through the basement is that what you want you fucking bah humbug santa hater fuck you you old bollocks and the man behind the bar says, I suspect that you were not really Santa Claus. 
and a Santa Claus impersonator will say, no shit, I'm a Santa Claus impersonator. The real Santa is very, 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 very busy at the moment. He doesn't have time to go around holding up bars to collect presents, but he still has to get the presents. So we Santa Claus impersonators go out and do it for him. Uh, We travel in pairs, you may have noticed. One of us does all the stealing and the other one goes and sits down, has a nice pint of milk at the bar. He's the decoy. So if your children ever see uh, see me stealing, you can just say, oh, I don't think that's Santa. Because look, that's real Santa over there drinking the pint of milk at the bar, uh, acting perfectly innocent. And the barman will say, oh, that's, that's ingenious, that is. That's ingenious. But why don't you just have you dressed not as Santa? Would that not be easier? And then you can just dress as a burglar or something. You could dress like the, the hamburglar out of the McDonald's adverts or something. And the Santa Claus will say, are you fucking serious, sir? That is a, almost certainly a trademark character. They probably own the rights. So you can't just go take someone's hamburglar character and don't do whatever you want with it. You cannot. You cannot. And the barman will say, yeah, but does Coca-Cola not own the rights to your suit? And the Santa Claus will say, well, yes, of course they do, but I've paid my rights. Don't assume that I'm just stealing. I'm well, Coca-Cola does own the rights to my appearance and my coat, but I've paid them the appropriate fee, you smart arse. You're like one of those smart arse who goes up to podcasters and say, that's commercial music you're playing. Do you have? You don't have a license for that. And then you find out that in fact they do, or that in fact it's not like commercial music. And you think you've caught them out, but you haven't. You have not. I've paid... Coca-Cola a fee for this appearance uh, except I haven't because they've paid me because I created it they took it off me I've licensed it to them uh, it's a very good income source as it happens uh, I feel bad about it though because I'm I'm helping promote a brand that's put tons and tons of sugar into the children to whom I'm bringing presents and I don't like that at all I don't like that at all I like to set an example to my children. That's why you have the decoy Santa over there so they don't see me holding up the bar and stealing all of your presents. Where'd you get all these presents from anyway? I didn't deliver them here. Where'd you get them? And the barman says, those were all brought in by customers. It's a charity collection. We're collecting presents which we give to the homeless food bank later on. And the barman says, and when are you going to do that? Because it's Christmas Eve now. Are you going to wait until after Christmas? Because you're closed this evening and then you're closed tomorrow. And then the next time you open, it'll be the afternoon of St. Stephen's Day, the 26th. So when are you going to do this? And the man behind the bar says, oh, that's nothing to do with me or all the charity comes and collects them. Someone else is in charge of that. Some some woman who's in charge of that, who's one of the customers, and she arranges all that. And the Santa Claus says, that's a very likely story. I think I'll arrest you. I think I'll perform a citizen's arrest on you. And the barman says, why would you do that? And the Santa Claus will say, oh, it's just another distraction. Uh, I'm not really going to arrest you, by the way. I'm going to perform a citizen's arrest on you. It's going to be a performance. I'll take out these handcuffs that I have in my pocket here. Now, you can't see them because they're not real. Uh, I probably should have brought some props with me. Maybe there's some in those uh, parcels over there. I suppose we'll find out later, won't we, when we deliver them to the kids. But no. Where was I going to go with this? Oh yes, I'm going to do a little performance here where I perform as if it's in the rest. It's a musical number. So I'll get my ukulele for a start. Here's my ukulele. And then I get my... I pluck away at that with one to string here. Do you know how you play a ukulele, a barman, by any chance? And uh, the barman will say, I've no idea how you play a ukulele. I suspect you badly, though. Ho, 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 ho. That's a little joke for you. And the Santa Claus impersonator will go, did you just go ho, 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 barman? And the barman will say, yes, I did, but I didn't mean anything by it. It was just how I laughed. Wasn't I wasn't making fun of you. That's literally how I laughed. I've been doing it in episodes for several years now. Very few of them are even Christmas episodes or anything to do with Santa Claus. So if you want evidence that it's something that I normally do, then just go back and listen to the, the last couple of hundred episodes of Into Your Head podcast. Hello. And you'll find it. 
and the fake Santa Claus will say, I've got more important things to do than that. I'm trying to steal from you so I can go and bring these presents to the children. So can you stop wasting my time with this nonsense and just fill up this sack? Here's my sack. All the stuff in there, please. And the barman will say, I'm not putting the presents in here. And uh, the Santa Claus impersonator will say, Sir, I'm going to explain this to you very calmly because apparently you can't fucking read between the lines. I'm the man from the charity. I've come to collect the presents so that I can bring them to the children. I'm dressed as Santa Claus just so it looks normal. Now, will you please just put the fucking presents in the bag and, and get on with this? I have several hundred other pubs to visit tonight. So will you please hurry up and water down my Guinness, please? because if, as I say, I have several hundred other pubs to visit tonight. And the barman says, oh, I'm very, I'm very sorry, sir, I didn't realise. Oh, here you go, here's your bag of presents. And Santa Claus impersonator will say, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. We got there eventually in the end. Well done. And a great night is had by all. Good morning. Good morning.